Welcome to Lightning Between the Bookends. My name is Paul Kalea. I'm a faculty member in Health, Human Performance, and Recreation, which is housed in the College of Education and Health Professions at the University of Arkansas. This series is designed to highlight the people, places, and processes that are all part of HHPR. Today's multi-part series will highlight the graduate student experience. And I'm also here with uh, Nicole Doyle, and uh, she is one of our graduate students. Hi, good morning. Um, Yes, I'm uh, Nicole Doyle. I'm a second-year doc student in the public health program that is also in the Health, Human Performance, and Recreation Department, and I'm happy to be here. Well, welcome, Nicole. You know, one of the questions I like to start out with is probably a question that, um, as faculty, we ask students that that visit campus and and, and want to come to the U of A. But it's also a question, I think, that students ask themselves. And uh, it's the overall question of, why did you choose the University of Arkansas? Yeah, that's a great question. And for me, that answer has a lot of of different moving parts. So um, the University of Arkansas specifically, I, I've been in the area about five or six years. And so for me, it was, I wouldn't call it an easy choice, but um, after I finished my master's degree, I knew that I knew that I would come back or I knew that I would pursue a PhD um, after growing up in Oklahoma. So then life brought me here to Fayetteville, Arkansas. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I... Not only did I live in close proximity to the university, I also um, had a couple of faculty connections in the in the Health, Human, Performance, Recreation Department. Um, so that was really nice. It's an R1 university. There's some really big things happening with research and also some really, really great things happening on the campus. So I, I felt that it would be a good fit for me. And then once I started making those connections and seeing where I would fit specifically in the department, um, it really just felt almost like a no-brainer to, to pursue it here. So I've heard a little bit about how your background has played into this. Can you provide more specifics about uh, um, how it connects with your current program of study? Yeah, so um, my bachelor's degree was in exercise science, and then I took a couple of years off and worked and got some life experience, and then I pursued my master's in the same field of exercise science. So you might be wondering, why did you switch gears and move into public health? I spent the past about three and a half years prior to coming to the U of A working as a health coach for a company here in town, and that really... um, really got me curious as to thinking, as human beings, why do we do what we do? And so behavior change is, is really the overarching theme there. So um, I switched gears. Well, I say switch gears to move into public health and pursue that PhD. But for me, they're not that different. Um, one may be more, speaking of exercise science, um, you know, it's, it's certainly its own uh, entity. But um, for me, they're certainly both, um, you know, certainly both related. And also, when I look more at the behavior change aspect of things, my background has helped set me up to, I think, have um, not not more of an appreciation for public health. But I feel like I've got so many different experiences that have helped me um, understand the process a little bit better. Um, that's that's really how I got into public health was really the behavior change aspect and just wanting to figure out as humans, you know, what makes us tick. Yeah, I would say for at the at the master's and graduate or doctoral level, students begin to find at least at the master's level begin to find what their passion is, and especially at the doctoral level, is that at that point you are really fine tuning 
what you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, and so, so, so let's step back a second and, and, and talk more uh, generally about the process. Um, you know, what skills did you initially find that you needed uh, to navigate the, the academic process of being a, a doctoral student or graduate student? So let me ask a clarifying question. So you're asking in regards to being a doctoral student specifically or also a graduate assistant. Let's, so... let's, let's talk uh, about just being a graduate student. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Just wanted to clarify there. Um, so for me, you know, coming off of being a working professional and having a salary uh, and benefits and then moving into the role of graduate student, um, there's, there's some different numbers there, right, when we look at, look at income. So that was, for me, something I had to get used to as far as, you know, just budgeting and those sort of life skills in general. But then when we're, you know, when I was applying to the program, um, as a doc student, um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks know, but you have to find a faculty member that will really co-sign with what you're wanting to research and then almost more importantly what they're wanting to research. So it's not just that you go it alone. You have a mentor that's your advisor that, you, um, that you're working with and, and, and sort of navigating those waters. So I, you know, networking, you know, you asked about skills, being able to network. I mean, I sent several um, cold emails out to faculty members asking about what they were researching, you know, what, what, were they, what were they doing, what was their research track, and figuring out, okay, am I interested in this, yes, no, and then setting up several different meetings with faculty members, um, which I think can be a little bit anxiety-provoking, you know, sending out those emails. Um, you're hopeful for a response, but then also hopeful that you're going to be able to find someone um, that you can work with. So, so you're saying that we cause anxiety? Okay. <laughs> right. I, I just, I just yeah, want to no, confirm that. Yeah, no grad student has any anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, finding that faculty advisor to work with was, was I would say, almost the first step because you're going to apply. You're going to, you know, submit your transcripts, write your, you know, your, um, send in your CV, write your, you know, cover letter. Like you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to do those things. So that, I mean, I guess that technically would be the first step. But for me, it's, um, you know, if I, if I wouldn't have been able to find someone to work with, I mean, that would have just, that would have provided a lot of challenges that, that I'm glad I didn't have to face. So, Finding that person to work with, um, and once I had that set up, I had a, I had everything submitted a good ten months prior to starting the program. So then it was, for me, it was a challenge to finish my you know tenure, so to speak, at my um, professional job because I knew that I was. Um, I almost want to say destined for bigger things, but I knew that I had a, a plan outside of that. So um, really those th- those things were big for me. So again, you know, getting your application in on time, deadlines exist for a reason, you know, um, and asking for help, reaching out to faculty members, you know, finding that person to work with. And then, um, you know, if I, if I may keep going here, um, so you've been accepted and you're ready to go, then what, right? So there's the whole um, being able to ask new founded peers, where do I get my student ID? 
where do I get, um, okay, so so f- figuring out where the gym is, you know, figuring out where buildings are on campus that you're going to need to be in, getting your course schedule mapped out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I could I could go on and on here, but there are just several things right at the beginning that I know for me seemed a little overwhelming because... I, f- I felt a bit like a fish out of water. I hadn't been in school for about four years, and I'd been just out working and, and you know, living life. So there was there was a bit of a mind shift in that regard, too. Yeah, I, I, th- I think what you describe is can be invigorating because uh, the academic environment has that feel to it. You know, people will come from a professional environment, and then um, they will get that energy. Uh, because they are, you know, you're you're sort of fine-tuning the skills that you want and the skills that you're going to need to move to the next part of your career. Um, I would say that there's also a fine line in the sense of being a graduate student in that you have a, an academic side, a research side, a sort of university side, but there's also a, a life side, right, in that I think sometimes graduate students forget the other side. And I think uh, as a faculty member, I always try to remind them that there is uh, a, another side of their life that they have to, you know, they, they need to focus on, you know, in connection with the academic side. And so uh, I think a really big question that uh, uh, I wanted to address was how, how, do you, how do you find that work-life balance as a graduate student? I I chuckle there because I think I'm still working on it, right? I think that's something that ebbs and flows for sure. Um, I know for me early on, I thought I could work seven days a week. And I tried for a couple of months and then quickly realized, okay, let's break it down. Let's let's move it back to six. Okay, so um, without... um, I'm trying to think of an exception, but I really want to say without exception, I have at least one day a week now that 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 typically is a Saturday, just because Sunday I find it easier to just start getting ready for the week. Um, but I have one day a week now that I don't I don't check my email. I don't work on anything school related. Now, I think as I get later in the program, that may change. You know, I may need to spend a little bit of time on that day. Um, but for me, I take one day. And then even on that other day, I try to make it a half day. So I'm not just working constantly, you know, every day. Because we can. I mean, we know that we, we have our email on our smartphones, and we're essentially accessible 24-7. And so, um, you know, building in that day off. Also, um, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, just the different facets of being – you know, being a, a graduate student and how it looks. And for me, another one of those is not not answering um, another one of those, I'd say, tenants of balance is not answering emails, you know, at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Or a student emailing me at, you know, midnight. Not that I'm going to see it. I'm asleep. But trying to set in those boundaries, right? And that And that does apply to peers and colleagues and um, things of that nature, too. I feel like it's important to um, to take that time for yourself, you know, and not feeling obligated to respond at all hours of the day. That was a big one for me. Um, 
And also, too, I mean, speaking of balance, I mean, I just have to make a plug for exercise here. I do it to keep myself sane. Um, yeah, it's got some great physical benefits, you know, and, and, you know, body weight and strength and things like that. But um, for me, having that time um, every day, I have to do something active. It, it may be a walk around campus. It may be some yoga. Or it may be something like a two-hour bike ride. You know, I don't, I don't know, just depending on what I can carve out. But um, taking that time for myself is is very important, and and I think it keeps me nice too. It keeps me keeps me nice to be around. Um, and then also just a couple of basic things like eating healthy, drinking plenty of water. Um, I I have several peers that uh, you know we'll talk about you know, water here and there. And they, you know, they've had a bottle for the day. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. I've had almost a gallon. Mm -hmm. No wonder you don't feel very good, you know. So really just some of those basic things of taking care of yourself um, that tend to go by the wayside, you know. I mean, we'll talk more later on about self-care, I think. But um, building that into your life, you know, whatever it might look for you. Because we think we can work seven days a week and then we realize we can't. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think uh, I also think about the when when I think about the balance, you know, as a as a, a graduate student that is new to the University of Arkansas, the balance is also finding uh, places that you can uh, sort of relate to and call home, right? And and home is uh, the idea of being able to go out to the community and you know go to your favorite restaurant or. Uh, you know, uh, go to uh, Crystal Bridges and and uh, and visit uh, visit the museum, or you know, go to downtown Fayetteville, and there are activities there that you participate in. But you know, and so so how how did you sort of infuse that in your life also to sort of add to that balance? Yeah, so we live in uh, what I like to call the mecca of at least you know uh, outdoor activities. Um, also, you mentioned. Uh, Crystal Bridges, great museum up in Bent- Bentonville to go check out. Um, I try to do, I try to do one new thing a month, whether that's check out a new restaurant um, or check out a new uh, venue, right? So, so for me, and and I don't get it right all the time, you know. I mean, sometimes I just want to stay at home and and you know and relax. But I'm trying to do at least one new thing a month. There's a resource called the Fayetteville Flyer that I check out all the time. They've got a great calendar of events in the area. Um, there, there are free events, there are events with minimal cost. I mean, it kind of runs the gamut of things like that. Um, and so making, making time for that, I think, uh, I think wherever you are, it's important to be there. So what I mean by that is working on being present, working on, um, you know, being involved in the community. I don't have a whole lot of time for volunteer work right now. I mean. <laughs> I again, I'm chuckling. I tend to like to take on a lot of things, but um, trying new things, you know, trying new foods, new restaurants, and then, um, you know, I think, I think when we get really focused on one thing all the time, whether it's our research or whatever we're doing, we tend to tend to burn out, right? So, um, having that variety for me has been really helpful, um, and and also, you know. A little backing up a little bit about what I said of, of as far as the Mecca. I mean, we are we are just we are so close to r- some really neat places like Devil's Den and Mount Kessler, and we've got the Razorback Greenway that 
Um, you can essentially pull up to any trailhead, and and even if you're not, you know, an avid exerciser, you can find a great bench and just, you know, spend some really good time outdoors sure. too. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, uh, like I said before, I'm always trying to at least um, assist graduate students in finding that balance in life because that's the balance you're going to have to take with you once you leave here also. Um, if you if you had to, I know we've covered a lot kind of in this in this session, but, you know, if you had to sort of give, uh, provide some tips to a new graduate student that's coming on board, you're sort of seasoned now, right? You, mm-hmm. And you're not just a graduate student, you're also a graduate assistant, so you have research and teaching responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But if you had to provide some tips uh, to a new graduate student coming in, what are some of the things that you would tell them right off the bat that would help them sort of... Uh, transition smoothly from, you know, uh, an, uh, possibly an undergraduate life or a professional career to being a, uh, a proficient at their duties uh, as being a graduate student? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I'm going to have to share something that I heard at graduate student orientation last fall. Um, I can't remember who said it, so I want to, I you know, make clear that these aren't my words, but I was told that you have to get used to the idea that you will never be caught up. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm type A, I'm a little OCD, I like to check boxes, I like to make lists, and I like to get it all done. And so when I heard that, I thought, oh, well, no, that's not me. I can, I can get it all done, you know. And then I went, wait a minute. What if you give yourself permission to not have it all done? Right? Because there's always going to be a grant. There's always going to be a lecture to prep or a stats assignment to work on or some meeting to go to. And then I thought to myself, okay, so I think this means, right, I'm working through the layers here. I think this means that I have my priorities for each day and I do the best that I can because there is always going to be something to do. So in hearing that, message delivered to a group of thousands of graduate students, that for me was almost a, like I said, that sense of permission to, you're not perfect, you're not going to get it all done, and that's okay. Nobody's going to have it all done, right? Um, so that, I, I want to make clear that, that that to me was one of the best things that helped me start this process and has helped me through the process. And then also just a few other things, right? Um, you know, looking at advice for new graduate students, there's going to be a transitional phase. You're going to have to give yourself time to get it figured out, and that's okay. Um, A couple of my friends and I joke and say, um, none of us really know what's going on at any given time, but that's okay. There's usually someone that can point us in the right direction. Um, And figuring out how you work best, I think, is good. I work, uh, I typically work well early in the morning, um, as opposed to, say, a night owl. My sister and I are very different. I'm, she's a night owl. She works overnight as a nurse. And I, the thought of that um, to me sounds awful. Mm. But we all know people that do work well at midnight, right. you know. And so figuring out um, how you need to set up your schedule, you know, what, what are some deal breakers for you? you know, during your week, too, as far as time management. I know I view my exercise as almost uh, doctor's appointments, essentially. So those are things I'm not going to cave on. Um, Or maybe it's meditating. Maybe it's, you know, some of those other things. So I think, again, knowing you're not perfect and you're not going to have it all done in the next five minutes, um, 
knowing that you've got to figure out how you work best. How do you need to set up your schedule? And also, again, I think a big theme with all of this is it's going to change, I think. Um, you know, you may – one semester is going to be very different than the next probably, and that's okay, right? Hopefully we're growing and changing as human beings and, and constantly figuring out how we do function best. So Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's, it's uh, being a, a graduate student uh, that, that, you know, typically is training for – um, uh, you know, a professional career or even going into an academic environment, it's, it's like, uh, like having a garden. There has to be some level of, of, um, of weight, I call it, and patience that goes into it. And that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like writing, it's like doing research, is that these are, these are long-term events. And these long-term events allow you to uh, hit milestones and grow throughout time. And you're right that that uh, it can't. It, I I don't I, I don't ever treat it as a series of checkboxes, because it then it becomes mundane, right? Um, the it is it is sort of uh, a process that is all interconnected and it is moving along and fluid, and and uh, um, and innovative and growing at all times. Uh, there are projects that I wrote down on paper years ago that I still haven't gotten to. It was just an idea that I had, you know, uh, and it went in the idea folder. And so I think, uh, and, and, and as far as the, the minutia is concerned, the work, it will, it will be there the following week, you know, <laughs> and that's where the sort of work-life work -life balance comes into play. So um, thanks, Nicole, for, for having this discussion with me today. And, um, you know, our future discussions will, will sort of get into more of the detail of being a graduate student and a, a possibly a graduate assistant. Uh, we'll talk about the mentor-student relationship, um, the balance that you have as a, that you can have as a graduate assistant, uh, along with the academics and the research that go along with it, the writing process. Uh, we actually have a writing club in our in our uh, uh, department now, uh, and uh, we will we'll, we'll, uh, investigate that a little bit, uh, and then the search for employment, and then and also, you know how how the timeline looks as you work your way through a graduate program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been really great being here. I'm looking forward into getting getting through some of these topics and sharing some more details, and certainly. In my non-expertise, right? You know, I'm not, I'm not fully there yet, but um, I'm looking forward to the process and well, talking. You, you have a, a, at least a good one year of, of level of expertise. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So 25% done. That's right. <laughs> Special thanks to Joe Hamilton of the Boss Tweeds for providing the music for this podcast. This is She Creature from the album Hot Rods to Hell. Welcome to Lightning Between the Bookends. My name is Paul Kalea. I'm a faculty member in Health, Human Performance, and Recreation, which is housed in the College of Education and Health Professions at the University of Arkansas. This series is designed to highlight the people, places, and processes that are all part of HHPR. The road to all academic endeavors starts with coursework. This simply means that students gain knowledge through the academic rigor provided by faculty. But learning is also accomplished and furthered through real-world application and practical synthesis. 
This can include shadowing and out-of-classroom experiences. At the University of Arkansas and in the College of Education and Health Professions, we are fortunate to offer multiple study abroad opportunities that can expand a student's knowledge. One such experience is our trip to Ireland. This three-week summer adventure includes two cohorts, one that is designed to compare the Irish K-12 education system and one that focuses community health on the Emerald Isle. In addition, we also offer University of Arkansas teacher education candidates an opportunity to participate in a one-month internship at one of our partner schools called Scalita. The development of these programs was no easy task, but early on we collaborated with a group of partners that has evolved into a wonderful friendship. I'm lucky to have two people that were instrumental in the development and ongoing improvements associated with these experiences in the booth with me today. They are Deb Tudge and Grace Burke. Welcome. My name is Grace Burke. I'm the principal of Scullida Primary School, at which some of the U of A students come over for the summer study abroad program and also the internship. So a little bit about myself. I'm a qualified primary school teacher and taught in the school in which I'm now the principal for 12 years. And last September, I was promoted to principal of the school. So I'm in my second year in administration. So now I get to work with Paul and the students in, in a different role, which is great. My name's Deb Tudge and I'm the Academic Conference Manager at the University of Limerick and I look after all of the educational events there. So that would be academic conferences, summer schools, language schools, but also bespoke faculty-led programmes, which is how we got involved in Paul with Paul in terms of all the logistics and things like that for the programme. Thanks. I, I appreciate you both being here. So I, I think it's fair to say that uh, with any relationship, um, you, you really need a, a group of pe- people that are, are willing to uh, be open to change and be open to uh, sort of, I, I think, adventurous ideas. And, and that's where our, I think our study abroad program started. About five years ago, we, we came to uh, Deb and, and presented an idea. And Deb was kind enough to say, you know what, I think that can be done. And uh, and I, it also took several principals uh, of primary schools to sort of buy into the idea as well. <clears throat> and over over time, that idea has grown uh, to not only our study abroad experience, like I mentioned before, but our four week internship that happens in the spring. Um, uh, I, I think to understand sort of how we fit into this model uh, of being in Ireland, it's also good to understand sort of where Ireland is right now and where Ireland was and and sort of understand the education system. And so uh, I'd like both of you just to s- sort of comment on, you know, how has Ireland changed? And you can talk about this in an economic sense or talk about this in an ed- and also talk about this in an ed- education sense. How has it changed over the past 10 years uh, sort of noticeably for both of you? I suppose one big part of Ireland was the economic crisis back maybe 2007 or so. So we were living up life, the Celtic Tiger, things were great, multiple holidays, buying big houses, everything was wonderful. And then came the crash and it kind of put things into perspective for a lot of people. We kind of got too big for our boots. <laughs> um, but in terms of education and that things have changed. We've had an influx of, you know, children from other countries and families from other countries, particularly with the European Union moving. We have seen an increase in information communications technology that's really taken a hold of our schools and STEM education over the last few years has changed. Yeah, so I suppose from, from my perspective, um, UL, the University of Limerick, is growing the whole time. 
as Grace mentioned, uh, the the bust, as we call it, in 2008, um, kind of shortened deck off a bit, as we mm-hmm. say. You know, it made us take stock of, of what we had. Like, Ireland is known for its tech industries. Uh, do you know, it has a lot of American uh, companies over with us in terms of their investment, so that's very valuable for the country, and we appreciate that. Um, and the university is growing the whole time. I think we've gone from 11,000 students to about 15,000 students now. So it's kind of evolving the whole way. It's quite exciting to see how it all changes, I think. Grace, I don't know what you think, you know, it... There was really a f- good. Yeah, there was a few hard years there for yeah, a while when things was. and industry was leaving. Dell kind of really pulled back and that was a big employer in Limerick at the time. Yeah. But things are on the up again, particularly, as you say, Deb, in terms of industry and particularly um, science as well. Yeah, healthcare and all of that, like the the biomedical companies. Mm-hmm. We have Johnson & Johnson um, and all of those companies in, so that, that's great for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say w- we've seen the same thing. You know, we've been, uh, uh, this program s- officially started about five years ago. We had been traveling to Ireland for about seven years, and I know when we initially came over, we sort of noticed that it was it was very easy to make a reservation, very easy to sort of move throughout the country. Uh, things didn't seem as busy as they are now. And so that that dynamic has changed over time. But if, if I think about sort of our program and the things that we've added along, starting with the three-week faculty-led program, and then, then several years ago, starting with our, our four-week internship, um, that has also sort of... Um, fit into that change, right? Um, it is students that come along will notice that 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 things are vibrant, that that there is a, a lot of sort of hustle and bustle in the community. Um, and and so that sort of leads me to my next question. As you see your the economy and the structure of your country change, does that change the focus of education? Does that change the things that you want your students to leave your school with? The huge push on STEM in the last few years has been big. And again, it is possibly industry-led. We are very lucky that we have um, companies like Regeneron and Dell also, who are still doing a bit of work in the city, investing in primary education. We compete in a robotics competition with Dell, Vex Robotics, and... They come out to the school, they do work with the school, they help us out. Regeneron, for example, donated a PC and a laptop to the school recently. So we've built links with that industry, particularly in the STEM area. And so we're kind of working together. And again, we're preparing these children for a whole new a whole new life that mm-hmm. we don't even know. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's good to see uh, the way that Limerick has grown recently as well. I mean, there's been a whole load of regeneration projects, especially to do with uh, uh, the city centre and some housing and stuff, um, which makes Limerick a really modern, vibrant, inclusive city. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really exciting to see from from air perspective. Obviously, we're slightly in the tourism side of things rather than the education. Um, But that's really exciting for us, for people to see our city like that. Yeah, yeah. I think our students will will agree that um, we ask them to sort of look at those real finite details and and try to understand what you know what are you looking at and how does that apply to your future career as, a, as an educator, and and they will come back and they'll say you know what there's so much information that they can bring back to the classroom and apply to what they will teach students here in the U.S. Um, so you know. Um, 
I, I, I think of this as a collaborative relationship that we have. And, and with any co- collaborative relationship, um, there's, there's always sort of an evaluation going on. You know, how, uh, what, what is being taken away? I know our students leave and they come home and they feel more energized. They feel more confident in themselves. They feel as if uh, they're more open to things because uh, anytime you travel to another country, you sort of see a different way of life. And so you become open to that. Um, and so what, as you think back to the, through over the past five years, and I know, Grace, you were formerly uh, a teacher as part of this program, and now you're the principal. So you have sort of two views there. What do you see as, as how we have impacted you and then sort of what you have given to us? Well, firstly, it's great to have seen the program develop and grow, particularly with the internship now. And as you say, I was fortunate enough to get to work with one of the SPED interns. And as I was saying to you earlier, I learned a lot from her. Um, and hopefully she might have learned something from me over the, the few weeks we were together. But I'm I'm really happy now to see that that's growing and develop and we'll be liaising in terms of research with um, one of your researchers coming over to visit the school. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Vicki Collette, is, yes, she's going to come over and she is going to uh, uh, be there the same time our four interns are there next March and she's going to conduct research at your school, which is a whole different avenue for this program. And I think that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And as you say, now as administrator, I'm coming at this from a totally different perspective than as from being a classroom teacher. So I'm really excited to see how this research, you know, takes shape and what our staff can learn from it and I spoke to you earlier about collaboration being in our brief in terms of teaching and learning and in leadership and management and I think we're definitely taking the boxes of collaboration um, by working with you and with your students and your faculty to be able to to bring your ideas and share ideas and collaborate in terms of research sure absolutely Deb do you do you do you have do you do you see that you've you've taken something away from this relationship and also kind of what you've given back to this relationship? Sure. I mean, you always do. Every, you know, every kind of faculty-led program you take on is different. You know, it's bespoke. So I suppose when yourself and Jack first came to us, we were like, okay, we're not sure exactly what you want, but we'll have a look at it. And then we have a program now and that rolls from year to year. We put different things in, obviously, and you want to do different things occasionally, but we know what you like. Um, And it becomes easier from that respect. But the good thing about that is you can try and branch out and try different things that you might like. Um, From you, I suppose we've got a genuine friendship that we really, really enjoy. Um, because the University of Limerick is so focused, uh, quite rightly, on internationalisation, um, we are grateful for any links, you know, and we love linking in with international universities. So University of Arkansas is no different. So I suppose that's what we take from it is we learn a lot from you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I uh, we feel the same way is that we've had you here for almost a, a whole week and uh, you've got a chance to uh, 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 see different pieces of America. You know, you you uh, uh, you tried a biscuit, which is much <gasps> different than your biscuit. They are fabulous. They're fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how I'm going to take them home in my suitcase, <laughs> but i got to find a way because they're great. And and uh, yeah, so we, we've sort of introduced you to these things. And and uh, but but these are the experiences that we walk away with every year. Um, we every year I, I can say for myself that I go over there and I I try new things, and 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 it gets more exciting every time that I go, and uh, because uh, the country is vibrant, the country has it, it's a very you, you you're you're 
super helpful. You're super caring about people. You, you're not the, the uh, Irish people are not afraid to put their hand out and say, "Do you need something?" And so I think that changes the dynamic for not only the faculty but the students, right? I think it does in that, you know, we were talking earlier about often for both students and faculty, it can be scary with that responsibility of going abroad Mm -hmm. and taking your students with you. And even for the students going as well, maybe for the first time. But um, really the similarities between Ireland and America are that warmth and that friendliness. And once you land and start talking to people, it's not a scary place at all. It's a great place to be. Absolutely, yeah. And and even with our interns that are there for the month, they... They have a much different experience than our faculty-led study abroad because they don't have the faculty there, but they have the two of you to support them. And they do a very good job with your help of finding their way in that month of riding their bike to your school, Grace, and and then being in the rain and being soaking wet when they get there and you folks are there to take care of them. And, and Deb's always checking in on them to make sure that they, if they need anything. And so it's, they're just really, they're two different experiences, but, but, the, they, the, the culminating effect is that they walk away with a lot of the same things. Yeah, we mind right. people quite well. You do. We, you know, we like to go and hug people. Right, right. Makes and them it, feel better. Exactly, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah so. um, they definitely come back smiling. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I, I think this is sort of a, a, an, an, an overall question that, that you may not know the answer to, but it's a good question, I think, to ask and is that, you know, where do you see our relationship over the next five years? What what are your your aspirations for it, and 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 uh, uh, do you and, and what do you see changing? Well, I think the big thing for us going into next next May, the internship, is liaising with the research. That's huge, and evidence based practices is really coming into play now in our Irish education system. So. We have actually liaised previously with the University of Limerick on um, a special education project and we're actually in the process of doing a project with the EpiSTEM department in UL and numeracy across the curriculum. So that's exciting, but to be taking it you know, internationally is, is great. So in terms of the research, I'm really excited about where that's going to go and hopefully this can evolve even more to where I definitely can't give you the answer to that, but I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get something from you and from your faculty, maybe some new ideas to bring back to the classroom, new practices, however big or small, I don't know, but just to get something from that. Um, I'm hoping to visit Elmdale Elementary School. Elmdale Elementary, yes. Tomorrow, so I'm super excited about that. I've never been in an American elementary school before. So again, liaising with the staff there, I think that's another another element to it and I think this visit has allowed that and this visit has definitely invigorated me you know it would be very easy for me to be sitting in my office and just sending emails back and forth to Paul but this has brought it to another level because now I see who you are where you're at I've put faces to names the hospitality has been second to none it's a five star or five out of five rating on booking.com and <laughs> sure, sure. TripAdvisor absolutely I'll be looking for that so I think yeah. this this um, visit has really consolidated our relationship and I'm looking forward to getting lots of email addresses and linking in with staff members about any sort of programs or any ideas that we can share sure. from one side of the pond to the other. Absolutely. I suppose from University of Limerick perspective um, it's great to have you guys over and I know that Jean Henry came over with you mm-hmm. um, with some health science students and it was great to link them in with 
uh, graduate entry medical school and with a hospital as well, a teaching hospital uh, in Limerick. So I suppose the more of that, you know, the more of linking your faculty possibly in with their faculty and the growth and learning that we can put in with that. And uh, like, who knows in terms of research where where that could lead us? It's very exciting. Sure. Yeah, I I think uh, uh, I always refer back to the our early times in Ireland and when we were trying to figure this out. And I think there were several times where we put our heads down and said, hmm, I'm not sure this is going to work out. Uh, but I think there was always sort of a guiding light that said, you know, hey, this is there. There's an opportunity here. Let's continue to pursue it. And it it started small, and it is it has grown. With with a little bit of watering and, and sunlight, it has grown uh, step by step to where, you know, we started with two schools uh, during our faculty-led program, and now we have five. Um, we have multiple excursions that our students go on. We uh, we now, you're right, we now have a second cohort, uh, a, a health cohort that Gene Henry brings over, um, and uh, and it, it has only enhanced the experience. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I see this sort of um, following the same line of us continuing to try new and innovative things to make the program better. Grace, we talked earlier about sort of the idea of, of refining some of the processes, right? Of, of now with the interns, can we sort of fine tune that experience based on their need? Yes, exactly. So myself and Paula discussion earlier about how we can really make this a collaborative experience. We would like to know what we can do for the students, what they want to see, what grade levels they'd like to be in, what maybe curriculum areas they're focused on so that we can create the best trip to suit their needs. Sure. And equally, you know, maybe it's a conversation I need to have with my staff. You know, is there anything that you're interested in or that you think that the interns or the study abroad crew can bring to us or is there anything that we'd like to learn I know one staff member asked one of the interns to teach a lesson on American history so obviously we wouldn't be overly au fait with it so any little thing like that that you can bring to our school and help us to collaborate a bit better would be great Sure absolutely yeah and uh, you know I just see um uh, one of my goals for this visit of uh, you folks coming out here and spending a week with us is that it, it also highlights for the rest of our faculty that they can visit with Deb and try to understand how they might fit in that model, how they might continue to do research with faculty members at UL or how they might contact you, Grace, and, and say, here's some ideas that I have. And that it, it opens the spectrum to, to many different people. Um, I, I've said this before, I, I don't want to, I originally sharing for me this program meant that it, it might um, uh, dilute it. Um, I, don't, I don't think that. I think that, that sharing this program and sharing the resources that we have with the University of Arkansas is going to make this program stronger. Similarly, I, we spoke about this earlier about possibly opening it up to other schools. There's a little part of me that doesn't want to do that, um, the selfish part of me. But if that's something that, you know, if this is where it needs to go, as you said, where is this program going to go? It could extend to other schools. I've kind of a strong network of principals who are 
open to new and exciting ideas and collaborating. So that is a possibility of somewhere it could go if I'm willing to give you that name and number. Sure, sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you know, I thank both of you for being here. I thank you for being our partners in Ireland. And I look forward to our futures. And and I think it's bright. I don't want to retire because that means that I'm going to have to give this to somebody else to lead. So um, it may prolong that at least for another five or six years. But Grace, uh, in, in your language, can you lead us out with something that is profound and exciting at the same time? I don't know about profound and exciting, but I can say in the Irish language, that means a thousand thank yous to you, Paul and Jack and the whole University of Arkansas and everybody for being so welcoming um, to us and so hospitable. We hugely appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you both. Thank you. Special thanks to Joe Hamilton of the Boss Tweeds for providing the music for this podcast. This is She Creature from the album Hot Rods to Hell. Welcome to Lightning Between the Bookends. My name is Paul Kalea. I'm a faculty member in Health, Human Performance, and Recreation, which is housed in the College of Education and Health Professions at the University of Arkansas. This series is designed to highlight the people, places, and processes that are all part of HHPR. The road to all academic endeavors starts with coursework. This simply means that students gain knowledge through the academic rigor provided by faculty. But learning is also accomplished and furthered through real-world application and practical synthesis. This can include shadowing and out-of-classroom experiences. At the University of Arkansas and in the College of Education and Health Professions, we are fortunate to offer multiple study abroad opportunities that can expand a student's knowledge. One such experience is our trip to Ireland. This three-week summer adventure includes two cohorts, one that is designed to compare the Irish K-12 education system and one that focuses community health on the Emerald Isle. In addition, we also offer University of Arkansas teacher education candidates an opportunity to participate in a one-month internship at one of our partner schools called Scalita. The development of these programs was no easy task, but early on, we collaborated with a group of partners that has evolved into a wonderful friendship. I'm lucky to have two people that were instrumental in the development and ongoing improvements associated with these experiences in the booth with me today. They are Deb Tudge and Grace Burke. Welcome. My name is Grace Burke. I'm the principal of Scullida Primary School, at which some of the U of A students come over for the summer study abroad program and also the internship. So a little bit about myself. I'm a qualified primary school teacher and taught in the school in which I'm now the principal for 12 years. And last September, I was promoted to principal of the school. So I'm in my second year in administration. So now I get to work with Paul and the students in, in a different role, which is great. My name's Deb Tudge and I'm the Academic Conference Manager at the University of Limerick and I look after all of the educational events there. So that would be academic conferences, summer schools, language schools, but also bespoke faculty-led programmes, which is how we got involved in Paul with Paul in terms of all the logistics and things like that for the programme. Thanks. I, I appreciate you both being here. So I, I think it's fair to say that uh, with any relationship, um, you, you really need a, a group of pe- people that are, are willing to uh, be open to change and be open to uh, sort of, I, I think, adventurous ideas. And, and that's where our, I think our study abroad program started. 
about five years ago, we, we came to uh, Deb and, and presented an idea, and Deb was kind enough to say, you know what, I think that can be done. And, uh, and I, it also took several principals uh, of primary schools to sort of buy into the idea as well. <clears throat> and over over time, that idea has grown uh, to not only our study abroad experience, like I mentioned before, but our four-week internship that happens in the spring. Um, uh, I, I think to understand sort of how we fit into this model uh, of being in Ireland, it's also good to understand sort of where Ireland is right now and where Ireland was and, and sort of understand the education system. And so uh, I'd like both of you just to s- sort of comment on, you know, how has Ireland changed? And you can talk about this in an economic sense or talk about this in an ed- and also talk about this in an ed- education sense. How has it changed over the past 10 years uh, sort of noticeably for both of you? I suppose one big part of Ireland was the economic crisis back maybe 2007 or so. So we were living up life, the Celtic Tiger, things were great, multiple holidays, buying big houses, everything was wonderful. And then came the crash and kind of put things into perspective for a lot of people. We kind of got too big for our boots. (laughs) Um, But in terms of education and that, things have changed. We've had an influx of, you know, children from other countries and families from other countries, particularly with the European Union moving, we have seen an increase in information communications technology that's really taken a hold of our schools and STEM education over the last few years has changed. Yeah, so I suppose from, from my perspective, um, UL, the University of Limerick, is growing the whole time. As Grace mentioned, uh, the, the bust, as we call it, in 2008 um, kind of shortened their cough a bit, as we say. Do you know, it made us take stock of, of what we had. Like, Ireland is known for its tech industries. Uh, do you know, it has a lot of American uh, companies over with us in terms of their investment, so that's very valuable for the country, and we appreciate that. Um, and the university is growing the whole time. I think we've gone from 11,000 students to about 15,000 students now. So it's kind of evolving the whole way. It's quite exciting to see how it all changes, I think. Grace, I don't know what you think, you know, it... There was really a f- good. Yeah, there was a few hard years there for yeah, a while when things was. and industry was leaving. Dell kind of really pulled back and that was a big employer in Limerick at the time. Yeah. But things are on the up again, particularly, as you say, Deb, in terms of industry and particularly um, science as well. Yeah, healthcare and all of that, like the the biomedical companies. Mm-hmm. We have Johnson & Johnson um, and all of those companies in, so that, that's great for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say w- we've seen the same thing. You know, we've been, uh, uh, this program s- officially started about five years ago. We had been traveling to Ireland for about seven years, and I know when we initially came over, we sort of noticed that it was it was very easy to make a reservation, very easy to sort of move throughout the country. Uh, things didn't seem as busy as they are now, and so that that dynamic has changed over time. But if if I think about sort of our program and the things that we've added along, starting with the three week faculty led program, and then then several years ago starting with our our four week internship, um, that has also sort of um, fit into that change, right? Um, it is students that come along will notice that 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 things are vibrant, that that there is a, a lot of sort of hustle and bustle in the community. Um, and and so that sort of leads me to my next question. As you see your the economy and the structure of your country change, 
Does that change the focus of education? Does that change the things that you want your students to leave your school with? The huge push on STEM in the last few years has been big. And again, it is possibly industry-led. We are very lucky that we have um, companies like Regeneron and Dell also, who are still doing a bit of work in the city, investing in primary education. We compete in a robotics competition with Dell, Vex Robotics, and they come out to the school. They do work with the school. They help us out. Regeneron, for example, donated a PC and a laptop to the school recently. So we've built links with that industry, particularly in the STEM area. And so we're kind of working together. And again, we're preparing these children for a whole new a whole new life that mm-hmm. we don't even know about. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's good to see uh, the way that Limerick has grown recently as well. I mean, there's been a whole load of regeneration projects, especially to do with uh, uh, the city centre and some housing and stuff, um, which makes Limerick a really modern, vibrant, inclusive city. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really exciting to see from from air perspective. Obviously, we're in slightly in the tourism side of things rather than the education. Um, but that's really exciting for us, for people to see our city like that. Yeah, yeah I think our students will, will agree that um, we ask them to sort of look at those real finite details and, and try to understand what, you know, what are you looking at and how does that apply to your future career as, a, as an educator? And, and they will come back and they'll say, you know what, there's so much information that they can bring back to the classroom and apply to what they will teach students here in the U.S. Um, so, you know, um, uh, I, I I think of this as a collaborative relationship that we have, and and with any co- collaborative relationship, um, there's there's always sort of an evaluation going on. You know how uh, what what is being taken away. I know our students leave and they come home and they feel more energized. They feel more confident in themselves. They feel as if uh, they're more open to things because uh, anytime you travel to another country, you sort of see a different way of life. And so you become open to that. Um, and so what, as you think back to the, through, over the past five years, and I know, Grace, you were formerly uh, a teacher as part of this program, and now you're the principal. So you have sort of two views there. What do you see as, as how we have impacted you and then sort of what you have given to us? Well, firstly, it's great to have seen the programme develop and grow, particularly with the internship now. And as you say, I was fortunate enough to get to work with one of the SPED interns. And as I was saying to you earlier, I learned a lot from her. Um, and hopefully she might have learned something from me over the, the few weeks we were together. But I'm I'm really happy now to see that that's growing and develop and we'll be liaising in terms of research with um, one of your researchers coming over to visit the school. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Vicky uh, Colette is, yes, she's going to come over and she is going to uh, uh, be there the same time our four interns are there next March and she's going to conduct research at your school, which is a whole different avenue for this program. And I think that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And as you say, now as administrator, I'm coming at this from a totally different perspective than as from being a classroom teacher. So I'm really excited to see how this research, you know, takes shape and what our staff can learn from it and I spoke to you earlier about collaboration being in our brief in terms of teaching and learning and in leadership and management and I think we're definitely taking the boxes of collaboration um, by working with you and with your students and your faculty to be able to to bring your ideas and share ideas and collaborate in terms of research. Sure absolutely. Deb do you do you do you have do you do you see that you've you've taken something away from this relationship and also kind of what you've given back to this relationship? Sure. I mean, you always do. Every 
you know, every kind of faculty-led programme you take on is different. You know, it's bespoke. So I suppose when yourself and Jack first came to us, we were like, okay, we're not sure exactly what you want, but we'll have a look at it. And then we have a programme now, and that rolls from year to year. We put different things in, obviously, and you want to do different things occasionally, but we know what you like. Um, And it becomes easier from that respect. But the good thing about that is you can try and branch out and try different things that you might like. Um, From you, I suppose we've got a genuine friendship that we really, really enjoy. Because the University of Limerick is so focused, uh, quite rightly, on internationalisation, we are grateful for any links, you know, and we love linking in with international universities. So University of Arkansas is no different. So I suppose that's what we take from it is we learn a lot from you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I uh, we feel the same way is that we've had you here for almost a, a whole week and uh, you've got a chance to uh, 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 see different pieces of America. You know, you you uh, uh, you tried a biscuit, which is much <gasps> different than your biscuit. They are fabulous. They're fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to take them home in my suitcase, <laughs> but I got to find a way because they're great. And and uh, yeah, so we we've sort of introduced you to these things and and uh, but but these are the experiences that we walk away with every year. Um, we every year I, I can say for myself that I go over there and I I try new things, and 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 it gets more exciting every time that I go, and uh, because uh, the country is vibrant, the country has it, it's a very you you you're, you're uh, super helpful, you're super caring about people, you you're not the, the uh, Irish people are not afraid to put their hand out and say, do you need something? And so I think that changes the dynamic for not only the faculty, but the students, right? I think it does in that, you know, we were talking earlier about often for both students and faculty, it can be scary with that responsibility of going abroad Mm -hmm. and taking your students with you. And even for the students going as well, maybe for the first time. But um, really the similarities between Ireland and America are that warmth and that friendliness. And once you land and start talking to people, it's not a scary place at all. It's a great place to be. Absolutely, yeah. And, And even with our interns that are there for the month, they... They have a much different experience than our faculty-led study abroad because they don't have the faculty there, but they have the two of you to support them. And they do a very good job with your help of finding their way in that month of riding their bike to your school, Grace, and and then being in the rain and being soaking wet when they get there and you folks are there to take care of them. And, and Deb's always checking in on them to make sure that they, if they need anything. And so it's, they're just really, they're two different experiences, but, but, they the, the culminating effect is that they walk away with a lot of the same things. Yeah, we mind right. people quite well. You do. We, you know, we like to go and hug people. Right, right. Makes and them feel it, better. Exactly, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah so. um, they definitely come back smiling. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I, I think this is sort of a, a, an, an, an overall question that, that you may not know the answer to, but it's a good question, I think, to ask and is that, you know, where do you see our relationship over the next five years? What what are your your aspirations for it, and 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 uh, uh, do you and what do you see changing? Well, I think the big thing for us going into next next May, the internship, is li- liaising with the research. That's huge, and evidence based practices is really coming into play now in our Irish education system. So we have actually liaised previously with the University of Limerick on um, a special education project and we're actually 
in the process of doing a project with the Epistem Department in UL and numeracy across the curriculum. So that's exciting. But to be taking it you know, internationally is is great. So in terms of the research, I'm really excited about where that's going to go. And hopefully this can evolve even more to where I definitely can't give you the answer to that. But I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get something from you and from your faculty, maybe some new ideas to bring back to the classroom, new practices, however big or small, I don't know, but just to get something from that. Um, I'm hoping to visit Elmdale Elementary School. Elmdale Elementary, yes. Tomorrow, so I'm super excited about that. I've never been in an American elementary school before. So again, liaising with the staff there, I think that's another another element to it. And I think this visit has allowed that. And this visit has definitely invigorated me you know, it'd be very easy for me to be sitting in my office and just sending emails back and forth to Paul. But this has brought it to another level because now I see who you are, where you're at. I've put faces to names. The hospitality has been second to none. It's a five star or five out of five rating on Booking.com. And <laughs> sure, sure. TripAdvisor. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be looking for that. So I yeah. think this this um, visit has really consolidated our relationship and... I'm looking forward to getting lots of email addresses and linking in with staff members about any sort of programs or any ideas that we can share from one side of the pond to the other. Absolutely. I suppose from University of Limerick perspective, um, it's great to have you guys over. And I know that Jean Henry came over with you Mm -hmm. um, with some health science students. And it was great to link them in with a graduate entry medical school and with a hospital as well, a teaching hospital uh, in Limerick. So I suppose the more of that, you know, the more of linking your faculty possibly in with their faculty and the growth and learning that we can put in with that. And and like, who knows in terms of research where where that could lead us? It's very exciting. Sure. Yeah, I I think uh, uh, I always refer back to our early times in Ireland and when we were trying to figure this out and I think there were several times where we put our heads down and said, hmm, I'm not sure this is going to work out. Uh, but I think there was always sort of a guiding light that said, you know, hey, this is there, there's an opportunity here. Let's continue to pursue it. And it it started small and it is it has grown with with a little bit of watering and, and sunlight. It has grown uh, step by step to where, you know, we started with two schools uh, during our faculty led program and now we have five. Um, we have multiple excursions that our students go on. We uh, we now you're right. We now have a second cohort, uh, a, a health cohort that Gene Henry brings over, um, and uh, and it it has only enhanced the experience. Um, so uh, you know I, I see this sort of. Um, following the same line of us continuing to try new and innovative things to make the program better. Grace, we talked earlier about sort of the idea of, of refining some of the processes, right? Of, of now with the interns, can we sort of fine tune that experience based on their need? Yes, exactly. So myself and Paula discussion earlier about how we can really make this a collaborative experience. We would like to know what we can do for the students, what they want to see, what grade levels they'd like to be in, what maybe curriculum areas they're focused on so that we can create the best trip to suit their needs. Sure. And equally, you know, maybe it's conversation I need to have with my staff. You know, is there anything that you're interested in or that you think that the interns or the study abroad crew can 
bring to us or is there anything that we'd like to learn? I know one staff member asked one of the interns to teach a lesson on American history. So obviously we wouldn't be overly au fait with it. So any little thing like that that you can bring to our school and help us to collaborate a bit better would be great. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I just see... um uh, one of my goals for this visit uh, of you folks coming out here and spending a week with us is that it, it also highlights for the rest of our faculty that they can visit with Deb and try to understand how they might fit in that model, how they might continue to do research with faculty members at UL, or how they might contact you, Grace, and, and say, here's some ideas that I have, and that it, it opens the spectrum to, to many different people. Um, I, I've said this before, I, I don't want to, I originally sharing for me this program meant that it, it might um, uh, dilute it. Um, I, don't, I don't think that. I think that, that sharing this program and sharing the resources that we have with the University of Arkansas is going to make this program stronger. Similarly, I, we spoke about this earlier about possibly opening it up to other schools. There's a little part of me that doesn't want to do that, um, the selfish part of me. But if that's something that, you know, if this is where it needs to go, as you said, where is this program going to go? It could extend to other schools. I've kind of a strong network of principals who are open to new and exciting ideas and collaborating. So that is a possibility of somewhere it could go if I'm willing to give you that name and number. <laughs> sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, I thank both of you for being here. I thank you for being our partners in Ireland. And I look forward to our futures. And, and I think it's bright. I don't want to retire because that means that I'm going to have to give this to somebody else to lead. So um, it may prolong that at least for another five or six years. But Grace, uh, in, in your language, can you lead us out with something that is profound and exciting at the same time? I don't know about profound and exciting, but I can say in the Irish language, that means a thousand thank yous to you, Paul, and Jack, and the whole University of Arkansas, and everybody for being so welcoming um, to us and so hospitable. We hugely appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you both. Thank you. Special thanks to Joe Hamilton of the Boss Tweeds for providing the music for this podcast. This is She Creature from the album Hot Rods to Hell. Welcome to Lightning Between the Bookends. My name is Paul Kalea. I'm a faculty member in Health, Human Performance, and Recreation, which is housed in the College of Education and Health Professions at the University of Arkansas. This series is designed to highlight the people, places, and processes that are all part of HHPR. The road to all academic endeavors starts with coursework. This simply means that students gain knowledge through the academic rigor provided by faculty. But learning is also accomplished and furthered through real-world application and practical synthesis. This can include shadowing and out-of-classroom experiences. At the University of Arkansas and in the College of Education and Health Professions, we are fortunate to offer multiple study abroad opportunities that can expand a student's knowledge. One such experience is our trip to Ireland. This three-week summer adventure includes two cohorts, one that is designed to compare the Irish K-12 education system and one that focuses community health on the Emerald Isle. In addition, we also offer University of Arkansas teacher education candidates an opportunity to participate in a one-month internship 
at one of our partner schools called Scalita. The development of these programs was no easy task, but early on we collaborated with a group of partners that has evolved into a wonderful friendship. I'm lucky to have two people that were instrumental in the development and ongoing improvements associated with these experiences in the booth with me today. They are Deb Tudge and Grace Burke. Welcome. My name is Grace Burke. I'm the principal of Scullida Primary School, at which some of the U of A students come over for the summer study abroad program and also the internship. So a little bit about myself. I'm a qualified primary school teacher and taught in the school in which I'm now the principal for 12 years. And last September, I was promoted to principal of the school. So I'm in my second year in administration. So now I get to work with Paul and the students in, in a different role, which is great. My name's Deb Tudge and I'm the Academic Conference Manager at the University of Limerick and I look after all of the educational events there. So that would be academic conferences, summer schools, language schools, but also bespoke faculty-led programmes, which is how we got involved in Paul with Paul in terms of all the logistics and things like that for the programme. Thanks. I, I appreciate you both being here. So I, I think it's fair to say that uh, with any relationship, um, you, you really need a, a group of pe- people that are, are willing to uh, be open to change and be open to uh, sort of, I, I think, adventurous ideas. And, and that's where our, I think our study abroad program started. About five years ago, we, we came to uh, Deb and, and presented an idea. And Deb was kind enough to say, you know what, I think that can be done. And uh, and it also took several principals uh, of primary schools to sort of buy into the idea as well. <clears throat> and over over time, that idea has grown uh, to not only our study abroad experience, like I mentioned before, but our four week internship that happens in the spring. Um, uh, I, I think to understand sort of how we fit into this model uh, of being in Ireland, it's also good to understand sort of where Ireland is right now and where Ireland was and and sort of understand the education system. And so uh, I'd like both of you just to s- sort of comment on, you know, how has Ireland changed? And you can talk about this in an economic sense or talk about this in an ed- and also talk about this in an ed- education sense. How has it changed over the past 10 years uh, sort of noticeably for both of you? I suppose one big part of Ireland was the economic crisis back maybe 2007 or so. So we were living up life, the Celtic Tiger, things were great, multiple holidays, buying big houses, everything was wonderful and then came the crash and kind of put things into perspective for a lot of people. We kind of got too big for our boots. <laughs> um, but in terms of education and that things have changed. We've had an influx of, you know, children from other countries and families from other countries, particularly with the European Union moving. We have seen an increase in information communications technology that's really taken a hold of our schools and STEM education over the last few years has changed. Yeah, so I suppose from, from my perspective, um, UL, the University of Limerick, is growing the whole time. As Grace mentioned, uh, the, the bust, as we call it, in 2008, um, kind of shortened their cough a bit, as we mm-hmm. say. You know, it made us take stock of, of what we had. Like, Ireland is known for its tech industries. Uh, do you know, it has a lot of American uh, companies over with us in terms of their investment, so that's very valuable for the country, and we appreciate that. Um, and the university is growing the whole time. I think we've gone from 11,000 students to about 15,000 students now. So it's kind of evolving the whole way. It's quite exciting to see how it all changes, I think. Grace, I don't know what you think, you know, it... 
there was really a, good. Yeah, there was a few hard years there for yeah, a while when things was. in industry was leaving. Dell kind of really pulled back and that was a big employer in Limerick at the time. Yeah. But things are on the up again, particularly, as you say, Deb, in terms of industry and particularly um, science as well. Yeah, healthcare and all of that, like the the biomedical companies. Mm-hmm. We have Johnson & Johnson um, and all of those companies in, so that, that's great for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say w- we've seen the same thing. You know, we've been, uh, uh, this program s- officially started about five years ago. We had been traveling to Ireland for about seven years, and I know when we initially came over, we sort of noticed that it was it was very easy to make a reservation, very easy to sort of move throughout the country. Uh, things didn't seem as busy as they are now. And so that that dynamic has changed over time. But if, if I think about sort of our program and the things that we've added along, starting with the three-week faculty-led program, and then, then several years ago, starting with our, our four-week internship, um, that has also sort of... Um, fit into that change, right? Um, it is students that come along will notice that 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 things are vibrant, that that there is a, a lot of sort of hustle and bustle in the community. Um, and and so that sort of leads me to my next question. As you see your the economy and the structure of your country change, does that change the focus of education? Does that change the things that you want your students to leave your school with? The huge push on STEM in the last few years has been big. And again, it is possibly industry-led. We are very lucky that we have um, companies like Regeneron and Dell also, who are still doing a bit of work in the city, investing in primary education. We compete in a robotics competition with Dell, VEX Robotics. And they come out to the school. They do work with the school. They help us out. Regeneron, for example, donated a PC and a laptop to the school recently. So we've built links with that industry particularly in the STEM area and so we're kind of working together and again we're preparing these children for a whole new a whole new life that mm-hmm. we don't even know about. sure yeah and I think it's good to see uh, the way that Limerick has grown recently as well I mean there's been a whole load of regeneration projects especially to do with the, uh, the city centre and some housing and stuff um, which makes Limerick a really modern vibrant inclusive city mm-hmm. um, so that's really exciting to see from from air perspective obviously we're in slightly in the tourism side of things rather than the education um, but that's really exciting for us for people to see our city like that yeah yeah I think our students will will agree that um, we ask them to sort of look at those real finite details and, and try to understand what, you know, what are you looking at and how does that apply to your future career as, a, as an educator? And, and they will come back and they'll say, you know what, there's so much information that they can bring back to the classroom and apply to what they will teach students here in the U.S. Um, so, you know, um, uh, I, I, I think of this as a collaborative relationship that we have. And, and with any co- collaborative relationship, um, there's, there's always sort of an evaluation going on. You know, how, uh, what, what is being taken away? I know our students leave and they come home and they feel more energized. They feel more confident in themselves. They feel as if uh, they're more open to things because uh, anytime you travel to another country, you sort of see a different way of life. And so you become open to that. Um, and so what, as you think back to the, through over the past five years, and I know, Grace, you were formerly uh, a teacher as part of this program, and now you're the principal. So you have sort of two views there. 
what do you see as as how we have impacted you and then sort of what you have given to us? Well, firstly, it's great to have seen the program develop and grow particularly with the internship now. And as you say, I was fortunate enough to get to work with one of the SPED interns. And as I was saying to you earlier, I learned a lot from her. Um, and hopefully she might have learned something from me over the, the few weeks we were together. But I'm I'm really happy now to see that that's growing and develop and we'll be liaising in terms of research with um, one of your researchers coming over to visit the school. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Vicky uh, Collette, is, yes, she's going to come over and she is going to uh, uh, be there the same time our four interns are there next March and she's going to conduct research at your school, which is a whole different avenue for this program. And I think that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And as you say, now as administrator, I'm coming at this from a totally different perspective than as from being a classroom teacher. So I'm really excited to see how this research, you know, takes shape and what our staff can learn from it and I spoke to you earlier about collaboration being in our brief in terms of teaching and learning and in leadership and management and I think we're definitely taking the boxes of collaboration um, by working with you and with your students and your faculty to be able to to bring your ideas and share ideas and collaborate in terms of research sure absolutely Deb do you do you do you have do you do you see that you've you've taken something away from this relationship and also kind of what you've given back to this relationship? Sure. I mean, you always do. Every, you know, every kind of faculty-led program you take on is different. You know, it's bespoke. So I suppose when yourself and Jack first came to us, we were like, okay, we're not sure exactly what you want, but we'll have a look at it. And then we have a program now and that rolls from year to year. We put different things in, obviously, and you want to do different things occasionally, but we know what you like. Um, And it becomes easier from that respect. But the good thing about that is you can try and branch out and try different things that you might like. Um, From you, I suppose we've got a genuine friendship that we really, really enjoy. Um, Because the University of Limerick is so focused, uh, quite rightly, on internationalisation, we are grateful for any links, you know, and we love linking in with international universities. So University of Arkansas is no different. So I suppose that's what we take from it is we learn a lot from you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I uh, we feel the same way is that we've had you here for almost a, a whole week and uh, you've got a chance to uh, 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 see different pieces of America. You know, you you uh, uh, you tried a biscuit, which is much <gasps> different than your biscuit. They are fabulous. They're fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how I'm going to take them home in my suitcase, <laughs> but I got to find a way because they're great. And and uh, yeah, so we we've sort of introduced you to these things and and uh, but but these are the experiences that we walk away with every year. Um, we every year I, I can say for myself that I go over there and I I try new things, and 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 it gets more exciting every time that I go, and uh, because uh, the country is vibrant, the country has it, it's a very you, you you're you're. Uh, super helpful. You're super caring about people. You, you're not the, the uh, Irish people are not afraid to put their hand out and say, "Do you need something?" And so, I think that changes the dynamic for not only the faculty but the students, right? I think it does in that, you know, we were talking earlier about often for both students and faculty, it can be scary with that responsibility of going abroad Mm -hmm. and taking your students with you. And even for the students going as well, maybe for the first time. But um, 
really the similarities between Ireland and America are that warmth and that friendliness. And once you land and start talking to people, it's not a scary place at all. No, it's a absolutely. great place to be. Absolutely, so. yeah. And, and even with our interns that are there for the month, they, they have a much different experience than our faculty-led study abroad because they don't have the faculty there, but they have the two of you to support them. And they do a very good job with your help of finding their way in that month of riding their bike to your school, Grace, and and then being in the rain and being soaking wet when they get there, and you folks are there to take care of them, and and Deb's always checking in on them to make sure that they if they need anything, and so it's they're just really they're two different experiences, but but the, they the, the culminating effect is that they walk away with a lot of the same things. Yeah, we mind right. people quite well. You do. We you know we like to go and hug people. Right, right. Makes and them it, feel it, better. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Um, they definitely come back smiling. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I, I think this is sort of a, a, an, an, an overall question that, that you may not know the answer to, but it's a good question, I think, to ask and is that, you know, where do you see our relationship over the next five years? What, what are your, your aspirations for it and, 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 uh, uh, do you, and, and what do you see changing? Well, I think the big thing for us going into next next May, the internship, is liaising with the research. That's huge. And evidence-based practices is really coming into play now in our Irish education system. So we have actually liaised previously with the University of Limerick on um, a special education project. And we're actually in the process of doing a project with the EpiSTEM department in UL and numeracy across the curriculum. So that's exciting. But to be taking it you know, internationally is is great. So in terms of the research, I'm really excited about where that's going to go. And hopefully this can evolve even more to where I definitely can't give you the answer to that. But I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get something from you and from your faculty, maybe some new ideas to bring back to the classroom, new practices, however big or small, I don't know, but just to get something from that. Um, I'm hoping to visit Elmdale Elementary School Elmdale Elementary, yes. tomorrow. So I'm super excited about that. I've never been in an American elementary school before. So again, liaising with the staff there, I think that's another another element to it. And I think this visit has allowed that. And this visit has definitely invigorated me. You know, it'd be very easy for me to be sitting in my office and just sending emails back and forth to Paul. But this has brought it to another level because now I see who you are, where you're at. I've put faces to names. The hospitality has been second to none. It's a five star or five out of five rating on booking.com and <laughs> sure, sure. TripAdvisor. Absolutely. I'll be looking for that. So I yeah. think this this um, visit has really consolidated our relationship and I'm looking forward to getting lots of email addresses and linking in with staff members about any sort of programs or any ideas that we can share sure. from one side of the pond to the other. Absolutely. I suppose from University of Limerick perspective, um, it's great to have you guys over and I know that Jean Henry came over with you mm -hmm. um, with some health science students and it was great to link them in with a graduate entry medical school and with a hospital as well, a teaching hospital uh, in Limerick. So I suppose the more of that, you know, the more of linking your faculty possibly in with their faculty and the growth and learning that we can put in with that. And uh, like, who knows in terms of research where where that could lead us? It's very exciting. For sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, I always refer back to the our early times in Ireland and when we were trying to figure this out. And I think there were several times where we put our heads down and said, hmm, I'm not sure this is going to work out. 
Uh, but I think there was always sort of a guiding light that said, you know, hey, this is there, there's an opportunity here. Let's continue to pursue it. And it it started small and it is it has grown with with a little bit of watering and, and sunlight. It has grown uh, step by step to where, you know, we started with two schools uh, during our faculty led program. And now we have five. Um, we have multiple excursions that our students go on. We uh, we now you're right. We now have a second cohort, uh, a, a health cohort that Gene Henry brings over, um, and uh, and it it has only enhanced the experience. Um, so uh, you know I I see this sort of. Um, following the same line of us continuing to try new and innovative things to make the program better. Grace, we talked earlier about sort of the idea of, of refining some of the processes, right? Of, of now with the interns, can we sort of fine tune that experience based on their need? Yes, exactly. So myself and Paula discussion earlier about how we can really make this a collaborative experience. We would like to know what we can do for the students, what they want to see, what grade levels they'd like to be in, what maybe curriculum areas they're focused on so that we can create the best trip to suit their needs. Sure. And equally, you know, maybe it's a conversation I need to have with my staff. You know, is there anything that you're interested in or that you think that the interns or the study abroad crew can bring to us or is there anything that we'd like to learn? I know one staff member asked one of the interns to teach a lesson on American history. So obviously we wouldn't be overly au fait with it. So any little thing like that that you can bring to our school and help us to collaborate a bit better would be great. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know, I just see... um uh, one of my goals for this visit uh, of you folks coming out here and spending a week with us is that it, it also highlights for the rest of our faculty that they can visit with Deb and try to understand how they might fit in that model, how they might continue to do research with faculty members at UL or how they might contact you, Grace, and, and say, here's some ideas that I have and that it, it opens the spectrum to, to many different people. Um, I, I've said this before, I, I don't want to, I originally sharing for me this program meant that it, it might um, uh, dilute it. Um, I, don't, I don't think that. I think that, that sharing this program and sharing the resources that we have with the University of Arkansas is going to make this program stronger. Similarly, I, we spoke about this earlier about possibly opening it up to other schools. There's a little part of me that doesn't want to do that, um, the selfish part of me. But if that's something that, you know, if this is where it needs to go, as you said, where is this program going to go? It could extend to other schools. I have kind of a strong network of principals who are open to new and exciting ideas and collaborating. So that is a possibility of somewhere it could go if I'm willing to give you that name and number. <laughs> sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, I thank both of you for being here. I thank you for being our partners in Ireland. And I look forward to our futures. And, and I think it's bright. I don't want to retire because that means that I'm going to have to give this to somebody else to lead. So um, it may prolong that at least for another five or six years. But Grace, uh, in, in your language, can you lead us out with something that is profound and exciting at the same time? I don't know about profound and exciting, but I can say in the Irish language, that means a thousand thank yous to you, Paul and Jack and the whole University of Arkansas and everybody for being so welcoming um, to us and so hospitable. We hugely appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you both. Thank you. 
special thanks to Joe Hamilton of the Boss Tweeds for providing the music for this podcast. This is She Creature from the album Hot Rods to Hell. Thank you.